Roses will bloom again. Right? Amen. We thank you, Natalie and Shelley. That's a beautiful song. Uh, today we are having two churches. One for the Sunday school teachers. And uh, they are somewhere in the back being trained. And we are conducting church here too. So let's pray that the Lord will bless the Sunday school teachers. They have to have a hands-on seminar today. So we pray that the Lord will use them to bring our children to know Christ early in their lives and to use them for his glory. I wanted to uh, share with you a few thoughts today on disobedience. And uh, so many times we neglect to think about this subject in our lives because it is a a subject that uh, demands from us to be obedient. So, uh, I hope you will uh, give me those 25 minutes, your full attention, and uh, I pray that God will bless us so we can, after we leave the place here, we say, Lord, I don't want to be a disobedient person. I want to be obedient. I want to follow you, and I want to live for you. In Genesis 3.17... In Genesis 3.17, if you would like to open your Bible there, I want to read a verse there, and then I want to move on to another another portion. And this is where it started. For the sake of time, uh, and uh, the Lord said to Adam, Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit when I told you not to, I have placed a curse upon the soil, All your life you will struggle to extract a living from it. Uh, Before we talk about disobedience, what what is disobedience? I mean, let's, you know, define it, okay? Uh, I found out the following. Disobedience is defiance. Disobedience is willfulness to sin. It is rebellion. It is refusal to comply. And uh, Webster adds one word, transgression. Also, always Webster has a, has a spiritual uh, meaning to that, transgression. So we can see that disobedience is something bad. Uh, disobedience receives God's punishment. As we see from the above verse that we read, Adam and Eve chose their course of action, which was disobedience, and then God chose his. Someone may ask, isn't this a severe punishment? No, I say, as a holy God, he could respond only in a way consistent with his perfect moral nature. He could not allow sin to go unchecked. He had to punish it. And if the results of Adam and Eve's sin seem extreme, remember that their sin set in motion the world's tendency toward disobeying God. This is where it all started. That's exactly what it meant. That is why we sin today. Every human being ever born, with the exception of the Lord Jesus Christ, has inherited the sinful nature of Adam and Eve. 
Adam and Eve's punishment reflect how seriously God views sin and sin of any kind. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 19, the prophet addresses King Saul with frustration. And before I read it, who knows the story of Saul? How many of you? Amen. Yeah, well, we have probably 40% there. King Saul was appointed, uh, chosen as king in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 2. And he looked so handsome. He was a uh, head taller than any other person. And the nation of Israel wanted him to be king. So the Lord said, okay, let's appoint him as a king. In chapter 10 and verse 24, he was appointed as a king. And the way he was growing, you could see glimpses and traces of disobedience. Of rebellion, if you will, please. He was a rebel. And God gave his people the chance. We want a king. Okay, you want a king? Here's a king for you. Okay? They didn't have. He was the first king uh, of the nation at that time. And in uh, verses 15 and 19, he was given uh, some assignment to do. And uh, to take care of uh, Amalek. And to rage war against them. And to annihilate them completely because they were the enemies of God. And Amalek um, is a um, form or prototype of the flesh that we have. And the Lord's uh, uh, orders to each one of you, young men and young women, is to always destroy Amalek. In other words, don't give a chance to this flesh that you are living in. It's equivalent to the flesh. It's equivalent to the old nature. And God said, go and destroy Amalek and don't leave anything. But you know what he did? He did destroy, won the war, but he did not destroy everything. Okay, I'm uh, uh, summarizing this for you. But the prophet came to him in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Now turn to that. 1 Samuel chapter 15. When, let's uh, take it from uh, when he was given uh, the orders. 15 verse 3. Now go and strike Amalek. That was God's orders. And utterly destroy all that he has and do not spare him, but put to death. And here's, here's what you should put to death. Both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. These were killing the children of God day and night. But he said, I'm going to raise a king. And that king should follow my orders and should obey me. And Samuel, this is your assignment. What do you do? And let's go to verse 9. But Saul and the people spared the king of Amalek. And the best of the sheep. Well, we just heard what you should do. Why did you disobey? And the best of the sheep, the oxen, 
the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were not willing to destroy them utterly, but everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. In other words, says, wow, this is a wonderful sheep. This is a great cow. I mean, we're going, we can kill it and have beef and enjoy T-bone steaks and everything. I don't know. God maybe made a mistake. God never makes mistakes. When God orders us to do something, we either obey it or disobey it. There is no in-between. There is no in-between. <clears throat> and what he says, uh, when then Samuel came and visited him, he said, uh, Saul, uh, did you do what I asked you to do? Did you do what the Lord asked you to do? Verse 13 in the same chapter answers that. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. He said, My prophet, I tell you how the Lord blessed us. Blessed are you from the Lord. You know, you can, he was conning him. And uh, it was a camouflage. What is it you are, you want to, you, what is it you want to tell me, uh, uh, Saul? I have carried out the command of the Lord. It did you Oh, did you carry out the command of the Lord? No. He spared the king and all the good things that we read about. And he did not obey. Disobedience was his. And then we hear Samuel in verse 19 say this. With frustration and broken heartness. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? And he goes on to say in verse 23, Rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as bad as worshipping idols. And here's the judgment, folks. So because you have rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord has rejected you from being king. Simply for disobedience, Yes, because we said what disobedience is. Disobedience is altogether defiance, willfulness to sin, rebellion, refuses, refusal to comply, and above all, transgression. And you know what he did? You know what he did? When he won the war against Amalek, okay, when he destroyed maybe 90% instead of 100%, he came back, and when Samuel was looking for him, they told him, where Saul was. And in verse, <clears throat> in verse 12 of chapter 15, if you want to open it and underline it there, it tells you exactly. Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, and it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, to set up a monument for himself, then turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. What was he doing the very first thing he won the war? He says, well, I should make a monument for myself. Disobedience leads to something else. What does it lead to? Ah, pride. I mean, he said, instead of thanking the Lord for giving him this victory, though it was partial victory, not because of the Lord, because he was not willing, he was disobedient, he went and made for himself a big monument. Here's Saul. I don't know what the monument looked like, but there was a monument. He made for himself a monument so the people might follow him. What does it tell you? Idol is in his heart. This man, from the very beginning, he is, the Lord is showing us 
these things about him. Uh, I want to share with you the following. That was his first mistake, I believe, when, number one, he did not destroy everything. And the Lord is asking Christians today, if there is any Amalek in your life, destroy it completely. Amalek, we said, is the flesh. Anything from the flesh, anything from this old nature that we have, don't let it overcome you. Overcome it by the Spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And destroy it completely. Don't say, well, this is a little habit. It doesn't matter. This little habit might overcome you in the future. This little sin might overcome you in the future. Don't toil with sin. Don't play with sin. Take good care of it right now. And eradicate it completely because sin will overcome you. Let's look at this man. King. The first king. Handsome. Do you know how handsome he was? If you want to, uh, if you want to know, well, uh, open to 1 Samuel chapter 9. And then he'll tell you. Let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. There, there was a, a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish. And he had a son, verse 2, whose name was Saul. A choice and handsome man. And there was not a more handsome person than he amongst the son of Israel. From his shoulders and up, he was taller than any of the people. I don't think, I mean, this is the Bible. You couldn't find a more ha- handsome man than him. And, but the Lord does not look on the outside. The, look, the God looks on the inside. Oh, the outside he could be so beautiful. And the outside you can be so handsome. But tell me about the condition of your heart. He was harboring rebellion since day one. Oh, yes. What happened to him? First of all, we see that through reading the book of Psalm, uh, Samuel, we see first that he lost the Lord's support. And woe unto a man or a woman who loses the Lord's support. He was asked by the prophet to fight And you know what happened. And do you know why he disobeyed? Does anybody have an idea why Saul disobeyed the Lord? Because he thought that he has a better plan. Always, always, when there is disobedience, there is contradiction. There is rebellion that, I don't want this plan. I I can offer a better plan than that. I can do a better job than that. Who says that? These, the sheep, the oxen that we have won through war, that we have to destroy. We can use them. And when someone visits, he says, what do I hear in the back there? I hear an orchestra of all the animals there. You're not supposed to have animals in the back there. He says, well, you know what was the answer? The people. <clears throat> Verse 9, it says, Saul and the people spared them. And he said, why are they there? He said, hey, the people wanted them. And the people saw that they are good and they brought them. It's not you, Saul. He says, when we are caught, it's the people. It's not me. He had a different opinion. Why? Let me tell you a a thought I read the other day. 
a father wanted his boy to do certain things for him, he told his boy simply how to do them. Now, do you understand, he told his son. The father was surprised when the boy said, no. Why not, asked the father, because I don't want to, said the boy. So many times, we don't want to understand, because we don't want to do what God wants us to do. We rebel inside, because this does not go with our nature. When God say, do not do this. And we say, no, it doesn't work with me. Like little kids, you know, when you tell them, don't do this, what do they do? (laughs) Rebellion is in the nature. Especially if there is some sacrifice to go with that. Obedience is better than sacrifice, Saul. He lost the support of the Lord completely. In chapter 10, verse 24, the Lord told Samuel, Go and appoint another king. Isn't that something? I don't want any more to deal with this young man. He tells him in chapter, verse 19, you rejected your God and God rejected you from the kingdom. The second thing that he lost, <coughs> he lost the kingdom. First, he lost God's support. Secondly, he lost the kingdom. In uh, (coughs) verse 13, (coughs) we read, from chapter 13, verse 13, we read the following. And Samuel said to Saul, You have acted... Foolishly. Do you have it in your Bible? You have acted foolishly. You are a fool to disobey God. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God. In other words, you have disobeyed God. It's a grave sin to disobey God. Whatever God tells you, you say, yes, Lord. And you know what I teach here. I teach, yes, Lord, we should be yes men and women to the word of God. Never argue with the word of God. And he was, in other words, he was saying no to God and no to the prophet of God. And the prophet of God was supposed to be the one who brings the thoughts of God, the words of God and instructs the people. And he was saying no. Oh yes, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. 
If you obeyed him, you would have been king forever. The first and the last king. But, but, due to your disobedience, now your kingdom shall not endure. Oh, what punishment it is for disobedience. Your kingdom, the Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. The Lord went and looked for another one. You lost your kingdom. You're no more to be the king. You acted foolishly. And God has chosen another one. Isn't that, isn't that sad? Isn't that something that breaks your heart? Just say, for a simple thing as disobedience, it's not simple. It's disobeying the commandment of God. And when we disobey what God commands us to do, we are sinning against Him. He takes it, you know what, personally. So what is God telling you to do? Each one of us here, if you don't know Jesus as, his, as your Savior yet, He's telling you this morning, I want you to listen to me. I sent my Son, and He died for you on the cross of Calvary. I want you to obey and accept Him as Savior, and be born again, and live a life worthy of the calling. I don't want Or yes, I will. Lost. God's support lost his kingdom. You know what he lost too? He lost the hearts of the nation. He lost the hearts of the nation. Oh yes. In 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 14. If you are, if you are your Bible's open. And David, that's the new king, was prospering in all his ways for the Lord was with him. When Saul saw that he was prospering greatly, he dreaded him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, and he went out and came in before them. The heart of the people went after David. They left Saul. They said, this is not the man. This is not the king we want to follow anymore. This is not that. We don't want to go after a disobedient king. Oh, what a loss. What a loss is to lose, you know. A king without people to support him is no king. A king without a kingdom is no king. A king without the total support of the nation is no more king. He'd be cast away and cast out. One more thing also. He lost contact with God. Completely. In Chapter 28 and verse 6. Oh, the, the result of sin of disobedience. Chapter 28 and verse 6. six. <clears throat> Saul went to God. And he wanted to inquire of him. And he wants some help from him. And verse 6 says, When Saul inquired of the Lord... The Lord did not answer him, either by dreams, or by Urim, or by prophets. He said, I am not talking to you anymore. The Lord's face was completely shut off from him. He could not get in touch with God. Why? Because of the sin of this 
obedience. How's your life this morning? This afternoon? Are you an obedient person? Do you obey God? Christians, are we obedient? Are we following Him? Or we have that sin in our lives that is really affecting our daily living. Again, one more thing. He lost the precious, precious fellowship of the man of God. You know what he, lost? what he lost? He lost his best friend. You want to know where it is? Open chapter 15. And verse 35. We take it from verse 34. Verse 34 and 35. I'll wait till you open it. Then Samuel went to Ramah. That was his hometown. But Saul went up to his house at Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. For Samuel grieved over Saul. And the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. All the sin of disobedience. Makes you lose friends. He lost his best friend. And who was his best friend? Samuel. Who was Samuel? The prophet of God. He was, he had the best friend he could ever had in all the nation. And if he wanted anything, he would go to Samuel. Samuel, what does God say about this? Samuel will come back and says, God said this and this and this and that. How would you like to have a friend like this on a daily basis to tell you how God thinks about you? And he takes your petitions and takes them to God. How would you like to have a friend like that? Would you give up a friend like that easily? And he gave him up because of his disobedience. And Samuel said, I'm sorry, Saul. I'm not going to see you again. And that was it. Oh, what a loss. Oh, what a catastrophe. Oh, what a life. Without contact with God, without the support of God, without your kingdom, without the support of the prophet of God who could tell you everything and who could tell you the heart of God. And finally, you know, at a certain time he thought that, well, I think I, I, I repented. Yeah, and at, in his heart, he felt a little bit sorry, but he always reverted to his old rebellion. In chapter 26, and verse 21, he describes himself. And, and if there's tears in his, in his eyes, I don't know what he did. Then, Saul was addressing the coming king, David. He told him, I have sinned. Return my son, David, for I will not harm you again because, of, because my life was precious in your sight this day. Behold, here it is. I have played the fool and have committed a serious error. He realized after a long time that what I have played the fool You know what he was taught at the very beginning. Very beginning of his life. That's a foolish thing you have done. 
But he did not realize it until the end of his life. He says, I have played the fool. And he missed the real battle of life. He lost everything. Not that only. Finally, he lost his life. And the lives of his three sons. In chapter 31.8, this is a saddest chapter in the book of Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 31 and verse 8. It came about on the next day when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. You know what he did? He fell on his sword. I had to say suicide, but that's what happened. He fell on his sword there. He had no hope. He had nothing to live for. He left God long time ago because of his rebellious attitude, because of of his uh, disobedience, because he wanted something different. He He had a different opinion. Sad story. This is the result of disobedience. And for us, I have a word for you today. If you turn your Bible, I will not turn more than that, to 1 Peter and chapter 1. 1 Peter and chapter 1, and we'll end with this. If you are an obedient person, if you'd like to follow the Lord, if you say, I am not going to rebel against Him, Whatever he says, goes. Whatever he feeds me, I will eat. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he feeds me, I will swallow. Everything you have for me, Lord, I'll take it. In chapter, in the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1, verse 14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. Oh, yes. We are charged this morning, this afternoon, as obedient children, to stay away. Do not be conformed to the lust before. We were disobedient. We were living in lust. We were the slaves of Amalek. We were following what this nature, old nature wanted. But not anymore. Do not be conformed. Neither in conduct, neither in fashion, nor in behavior. But, you know, rebel against it. Instead of rebelling against God, we should rebel against the world. And I'm going to call on you today to be rebellious people against this world. I want to ask you to rebel against anything that is called sin. Anything that represents sin to you today. To rebel and be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh yes, do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourself also in all, in all your behavior. And that's the voice of the Lord to us. As obedient people, be ye holy. Do not conform to the old habits. And let us live a holy life. That brings glory to God. He, Saul, brought disaster to his life, to his people. And he was destroyed completely. And he dishonored God. 
Would you like to honor God? Obey Him. Let's bow our heads. It was a high price of disobedience that he paid. Don't be a disobedient person. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning and say, Hey, I want you to quit this. I want you to leave this habit. I want you to leave this transaction. This is not, that does not bring glory to my name. This is disobedience to God. Just do it right now. Say, Lord, I give it to you. If he's asking you to leave your old life, leave it. And tell him, Lord, I want to follow you and live for you. I want to honor your name. This is what he's calling us to do today. This is what he's asking you to do, is to obey him and to do his will. And once you do that, guess what? The Lord will bring all his blessings upon you. If you listen to your voice, I will bless you forever. His kingdom could have lasted forever, but he played with it. He did not respect the word of God. Do you love God? Do you respect God? Please obey him this morning and give your life and and pray in your heart that from now on, dear Lord, I am going to live in obedience to you. And if you're sitting here with this congregation and unsaved, not saved yet, You don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You cannot pray this prayer. Say, you can pray one prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. Because that is obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you my life. I, today, submit and put my life in your hands. Save me, change me, and make me your own child. And God will do that. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity you have given us. And we pray that you let this story of this king leave an impact on any disobedience in our lives and change us completely to be submissive to you and obedient to your Holy Spirit. We thank you for those who are here. We thank you for those who are in the, in the other room studying your word and we pray that you be with each and every person as we go home or go to different places. Protect us, Lord, from any dangers of the road. And we pray special prayers for Ken and his wife, Melissa, and little Kenneth, that you uh, heal them quickly and bring them back to us safely. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The meeting is over. Thanks for coming. God bless you and be with you. And let's live an obedient life for the Lord Jesus Christ.